3: Rush hour, if you'd like to be part of the program, 800 848 W A B C 800 848 9222. Princess Di will join us today. Looking forward to that. Scott, what is he wearing?
1: Like the
2: the Grangers, the Middlesex County Grangers uniform. Is that what that is? What? The heck? What, what are you. Oh, oh, you're pointing to my jersey? Oh. Yes, what
3: is that? uh oh, you know, not like. this pickleballs thing?
1: Tell him that. Tell him. Take that jersey off. He always wears it when the Rangers are playing. Oh, it's the Ra- it's, it's the a, it's Rangers. Rangers. I like the New the Rangers. York Rangers. The Broadway we, no, blue no, 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 no. shirts. We love the Rangers, but take the jersey off. Who's we? Know. Well, he can take no, the we...
2: jersey off when he's not on the when I'm looking at it. Kevin, what is? It's not like one of the four expansion teams that you know Tom Brady's investing in the pickleball world. You know, one no, of th- th- not one of those teams.
3: Okay, I have to ask you, what is pickle pickleballs?
2: So, so pickleball is. Uh, long story short, it's a shorter, shorter version of outdoor tennis. It's a shorter version of tennis, essentially, what? with wooden paddles and different and oh, different. Balls. Freaky, yeah. Wait a minute. It's a shorter version of a tennis. A smaller time. version of tennis.
3: Wooden paddles. Correct. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, it's a smaller version of tennis. Yeah, that's the best I'm way I can really describe that. it. Oh. God. I'm not going there. Thank you. And so now pickleballs. So this thing with pickleballs, now this thing is like taking over. It's, uh, I keep hearing about people buying pickleballs teams.
2: I mean, yeah. Well, the latest on that, I mean, Tom Brady and uh, Kim Kleisters, who is a former Grand Slam women's tennis champion of the I don't world. I who she is. Uh, well, she is a retired uh, tennis great. She's teaming up with Tom Brady to a, buy a major league pickleball expansion team. Was announced uh, two days ago, okay then we this is
1: about wait. as exciting a conversation as global warming and the flooding <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm
1: out yeah. yeah. here guys talk to you later
3: <laughs> thanks Bob um yes we're not gonna spend hours talking about pickleballs and whatever else there with wooden paddles sounds so freaky to me um there are so there's so much news. And some of it is uh, kind of serious. You know what we didn't talk about this week's Alex Jones? I am really reluctant to talk about others in this radio business, and I want to make clear at the very beginning uh, of the show today that I am not interested in attacking Alex Jones uh, personally. And never listen- I've never, ever listened to Infowars. Never, thankfully. Um, <clears throat> But I do wonder if we are looking at a real free speech issue with this billion-dollar-plus, and there's more to come. I mean, these people are literally suing him for everything he's worth and more, apparently. Uh, so he's been sued for, so far, $965 million to numerous families of those that were slain in Connecticut, in our listening area at Sandy Hook. And as I read through the story, some of what he said was really egregious. You know, it's this conspiracy kook stuff that, you know, the, it didn't really happen. And apparently one of the fathers there who lost a child, apparently something happened during one of the press conferences, and the father found a moment to laugh, and that was used to say that, oh, you see, he's laughing a day after his his kid was 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 killed, and that proves that he's just an actor, and this didn't really happen. It didn't really happen. The verdict against Mr. Jones could grow substantially when a judge decides how much to award in punitive damages, and that comes three months after Texas in Tejas, two Sandy Hook parents there won forty nine point three million dollars in, in a similar case. Mr. Jones says he's going to fight the verdict on appeal, and he's going to use bankruptcies of his company, Free Speech Systems LLC, to avoid paying. The lawyers, on the other hand, say, yeah, you're not going to hide any assets from us. We're going to do everything we can to collect. In the near term, I don't know how they know this, but news reports say that it's unlikely that he'll prevail if he asks the judge or asks any of the appeals courts to reduce the verdict on the grounds that it's excessive. But, <clears throat> what, so there are a few things with this that I am just, I don't know, it, it conflicted about, I guess would be the best way to say it. People that use these microphones, and I mean talk radio, television microphones, to broadcast have a responsibility. And that responsibility is to do your best to get it right. Of course, not to go on and lie about people, not to damage people, not to hurt people. That's the responsibility that, that yeah. and I'm all about having fun, having a good time while we're on the air. I mean, you just can't be dour and everything's all serious all the time. That's not what we do here, Certainly. But is there free speech, and should there be, under our Constitution, free speech to say things even if they are questionable? On one hand, you will hear me rave about the harm that comes from kookery. But on the other hand, people are called kooks all the time when one is trying to dismiss what they're saying. There are plenty of people, for instance, When you look at COVID, the idea that they were kooks was used to shut up members of the medical community who are fine researchers who spent their life in the medical field who had opinions different than the opinions that we were being told that we better have by the government and by other large media companies who basically shut down the truth. And they did shut down the truth. And that was not kookery. They tried to make President Trump out to be a kook when he talked about hydroxychloroquine, for instance. And, and, and the people that talked about ivermectin were called kooks. And I'm here to tell you, that stuff is not kookery. So, on one hand, you can talk about, I do, all the time, I'm, I'm, I'm wary and suspicious of disinformation, of deep fake information, of these conspiracy theorists. And you know, I've talked about it before, I think some of these conspiracy theorists are just plain nuts. The people that tell you that, oh, mankind can steer hurricanes where they want to come on. Would you please give it a rest? People that think that there are body doubles in all over the place. And the person that we see, for instance, in the White House isn't really Joe Biden. No, look at his ears. His ears are different than really, really. So I think that there is a lot of nonsense going on in the kook world. But I also think that the kook world is being used to blanket people and call them kooks when, in fact, they're very real things that are going on that the mainstream media and their allies in the corporate world, some of the globalist corporate entities, want to contain. I maintain that the COVID, uh, this COVID pandemic also represents, while it, just, it did happen, I'm not a denier in that, I think it represents the biggest scandal in human history because of the disinformation that was perpetuated by the government. Just the other day, and we may have this, there was, Kevin, you can look around and see if you can find it. There was a a, <clears throat> a legislator out of the Netherlands, Ruse, who questioned Pfizer under oath of Pfizer spokesman. We had it early in the week, and we didn't get to it, and the Pfizer uh, spokesman pretty much admitted that there was a lack of testing. R O O S Roos was his name. And it was chilling. I mean, this was this was absolutely stunning. I know Mark Stein interviewed him uh on his G B news show. And people that kept saying all the time that look, there's some there's something going on with these vaccines that we don't know about, they were called kooks. They're not kooks. We have that. This happened in the European Parliament earlier this week. Kevin, go ahead and play. Some of it, you'll have to bear with some of the language, but there's some of it in English so you can understand. Just go ahead and play the cut. Roger, roger. If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch Prime Minister and Health Minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others.
0: You do it... For all of society. That's what I said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. In a COVID hearing in the European
3: Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport, the COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal. Please watch the video until the end. At this point, he, he goes on and he starts to question the witness from Pfizer, who admitted that, uh, that, that, that this vaccination was this new vaccine was never tested, never tested. When it was released, never tested to see if it would stop the transmission of the COVID disease. Never tested. And yet, here in the United States, yet around the world, in Europe, we were told, as he said, nope, you got to do this to stop the transmission. We were being handed lies. And the people that were trying to warn everybody of this, they were called kooks too. Now, all of this began with me questioning Alex Jones and what happened there. Let me just add one more component to it. The liable laws in this country, libel and slander laws in this country, are such that an Alex Jones now can owe a billion dollars and probably going to be owe a lot more before all is said and done. What about people who lie to us on a regular basis? How about women who suddenly come forward with all sorts of claims that can't be proven when there's a Republican that is nominated for a court position. Are they ever sued? Do libel laws... Well, no, because our libel laws, uh, supposedly if you're a public figure, it makes it that much harder for people... It makes it easier for people to accuse you of all sorts of things that may or may not have happened at all. So I think that we have... As I say, I'm conflicted. I'd love to hear what many of you think about this. Do you think that Alex Jones should be made to pay as much as he can? He doesn't have a billion dollars. Should they go after everything that he does have? Should he pay for some of the egregious things he said? Is it freedom of speech? And if Alex Jones does have to pay, why don't others have to pay for the egregious things that they've said? Why is it just Mr. quote-unquote right-wing conspiracy theorist? And by the way, why are any of the left-wing conspiracy theorists being brought into court and made to pay for the things that they said? This is, to me, a very confusing, and I'm, I'm very conflicted. On one hand, I say, yeah, he should be punished. On the other hand, there is freedom of speech. On the other hand, why why do the left get away with the egregious lies that they put forth before society? And yes, I'm extremely worried about kookery and its impact on society. But then again, defining kooks and defining who's a kook and who's not isn't so cut and dry. Anyway, those are just some of the things top of mind. Oh, I have one more quickly. Yeah, I know we got to go to a break. You talk about bad luck. I read this story. This story does not pertain to anything other than, wow, I read it. And this is just uh, a Staten Island woman.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Shopify.
3: An ambulance was taking her to the hospital for injuries that she suffered when she was struck by a car. So she's put in the hospital on the way to Richmond University Medical Center, and then the ambulance was T-boned on Jewett Avenue and Main Avenue in Staten Island. That ambulance flipped over. She sustained even more injuries there and lost her life. You talk about bad luck. Bad luck really does exist in the world, I'm telling you. That blew my mind. It's like, wow, what kind of karma is that? WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Snirly. It's Friday here, and we're coming back right after this.
1: This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snirly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy,
3: Princess Die. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, our Royal Highnessness is in the house. Our Princess, <laughs> yeah, Your Majesty, my lady, how are you this afternoon?
2: <laughs> I am doing fine, Sir James. How about you?
3: I'm doing well. You have a big article out. It's uh, and it's something that I'm pleased to say that it started right here, on our uh, afternoon rush hour. Here, uh, you wrote an article. It is a two-part series. Today is uh, part one. People can find it at tipinsights.com. T-I-P-P Insights. I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S. Dot com. Hope I spelled it right. I went to public school. Forgive me if I didn't. Uh, And it is the the Democrats' Willie Horton problem. Tell us. By the way, we're going to hold you over during the break today because we're going to take a break in about five minutes. So anyway, tell us about your article.
2: Well, you are right. I mentioned this last week, and you suggested I write up the basics in an article, and I took your advice, and uh, it is now available. As you say, at Tip Insights, I also put it on my Twitter feed. I pinned it at the top. You can go to at Diana Me at uh, Twitter and see the part one uh, today and tomorrow's part two. By the way, where are you on Twitter? Are you being punished?
3: Oh, I was, they put me in Twitter jail. And then they put, thank you for, they put me in Twitter jail, Diana. And I didn't know what, I, I didn't do anything. And so they, they, and then they kept. I kept trying to get into my account. They kept saying, "Oh, you send us this email, and we'll send you a code." They never send a code. I must have tried twenty times. Well, so late, 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 early this morning, I got a, uh, I got a, uh, a notice from Twitter. We, we released you from Twitter jail. It was just a mistake. We thought your account was spam. Sorry for the inconvenience, you cretin.
2: You know that's a lie. They are playing games with you because I looked at what your last tweet was, and it was very significant. Did you happen to check that out?
3: What before was the last got, tweet? That...
2: Before you got restricted, it was an amazing news article. You simply tweeted the link to the news article about a teacher who was also a drag queen in a middle school, and a couple hours later, you were gone.
3: hmm Mm
1: -hmm. So I
2: thought that was significant, and you are not alone. There are a bunch of conservatives now getting the same treatment, and it is not a mistake, although they always say, oh, this was in error, after they mess with you for a while.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's your warning. We're still here, and we're still running the show here, so watch what you tweet. Exactly right. (laughs) Now, what should people know about this Willie Horton, or the Democrats' Willie Horton problem?
2: Okay, well, it is my theory and my prediction that Democrats are about to be schooled again by the voters. It's a similar thing to have happened in the 1988 presidential campaign, and it coincided with a Reader's Digest article in 1988. I was an editor of the Reader's Digest at the time, and this was about a terrible crime story, a terrible crime uh, of victims who had been tormented and tortured and mutilated. And one of the interesting uh, coincidences was that this guy, the perp, was let out of jail on a weekend pass. And a little newspaper noticed that this same criminal had been put away for life at a local crime that had happened to a teenager in their town. And so when all of a sudden the same name came up where he had been arrested in Maryland, this little newspaper started digging. And this uh, reporter who was looking into how this horrible person got out of jail came up against the entire Massachusetts bureaucracy, including at the time the governor, Dukakis, who was running for office. And there were so many protections for the prisoners' rights of privacy that it took her a lot of digging to find out what had happened, that this was a program that Governor Dukakis fought for to include life-sentenced first-degree murderers, let out on weekend passes, and this fellow, whose name was William Horton, was released, and this was his 10th weekend pass, and he decided not to come back after he was sent away for first-degree murder for life without parole. And he went down to Maryland and basically tortured and, and killed and raped, kidnapped and raped a young couple in their house. And so this was due to the amazing reporting work of this little newspaper, and uh, the Digest read those reports and then did a national story, and it it came out in July, the July issue of 1988. It was called Getting Away with Murder. And at uh, the time, mm-hmm. this took the country by storm. And as you know, there are a lot of conservative publications to this day that are not noticed by the media. But the Reader's Digest at that time was a well-known name, but what was in it was not paid attention to, was sneered at by the mainstream media at the time. So this took the country by storm, and it turned out there was a motorcycle convention And Lee Atwater, who was running the campaign for George Bush Sr., happened to be there, and he overheard people talking about this article. And he said, oh, I'm going to try and get my presidential issues into this conversation. And nobody cared about his presidential issues that Bush was running on. He couldn't get them to stop talking about this Horton guy who had been left out and, and had killed again, had committed crimes again. And they were so outraged. They talked about it for almost an hour. And and Lee Atwater took that information back to the campaign. But my thesis is that Dukakis was done in July, that nobody knew it except for the people who read that article. And it's the same thing happening now. The Democrats are done because of the issue of crime, it's the exact same issue. People are let free who commit crimes. It's worse now. It's not just weekend passes. it is forever. They just get let out and This is hurting people all throughout the country and and Republicans are running on the issue and Of course, Democrats say that's Willie Horton all over again. It's racist, and that's why I felt it was important to go through what happened. Originally, with the Willie Horton story, it's the same problem. They had a Willie Horton problem, which was the facts of the matter, and the Democrats have a Willie Horton criminal problem again, which is that innocent people are being hurt.
3: And on that note, we'll take a break and we'll come back. We've got some other things to discuss with Princess Di, James Golden, A.K.A. Snurley. Here is Boston Snurley's Rush Hour. Stay with us. Coming right back. <laughs>
1: This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: Among the birthdays today, by the way, Cliff Richards, Rolling Stones. And on this day,
1: to no more. We
2: both this found- song...
3: Was the number one song? What year was this, Kevin? You know who it is. It's MJ. 1972. Singing about his friend the Rat. A friend a Democrat theme song. Uh, Princess Di <laughs> <laughs> joins us. Yeah, let's sing the rats. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, little Ben. Always- Don't be rude. Yeah, I mean, what, it this should be the Disney, the Roden Kingdoms theme song. Uh, anyway, uh, let us talk uh, Democrats. Democrats. Um, Dan, I'm really troubled by this this uh, story. I'm going to ask you about. You, I saw your post this morning uh, where you posted this story and I read it and on on Twitter after I got back from Twitter jail. And uh, it's a Breitbart story, and it goes, it, it says that the Ebenezer Baptist Church, now their, their voice voices calling for the Ebenezer Baptist Church to be investigated. You and I touched on this story earlier in the week, uh, Senator Ralph Warnock and the church. Now, Ralph Warnock is living very well, thanks to his Senate salary, thanks to the salary that he gets from Ebenezer Baptist Church as a pastor, and a $7,000 a month living allowance and at the same time the ebenezer baptist church apparently is the owner of property where people are being uh, threatened with being thrown out into the streets because they owe as little as twenty eight dollars and change in arrears uh... and now they're calls for an investigation why
2: well there is something very fishy about this entire thing there was in fact a property manager of this apartment complex uh, donated $14,000 to Warnock's uh, 2020 Senate campaign. There's a lot of fishy business about who the people are getting kicked out and why and where the money is going and coming from, and especially this uh, 7500 a month housing allowance that the good pastor gets where he's clearly happy and not poor, and yet he's kicking out these obviously poor people from his housing complex. And it's a very timely story in that tonight, this is the very night of the debate between Reverend Warnock and Herschel Walker. This is the only debate they're going to have at seven o'clock. So the tune in factor is going to be tremendous. And I think this will determine a lot as far as the trajectory of the race going forward.
3: And there was a story in Daily Mail and other places that now even Herschel Walker's mama has turned on. him. boy, you got to be bad if your mother's turning on you. And we mentioned this is the October surprise, all of the allegations against uh, Herschel Walker. Is this story with, and I hate to see Ebenezer Baptist Church mixed up in anything. This, of course, was the church that Dr. Martin Luther King and his father right. both headed. It was instrumental in America's civil rights movement before it was corrupted by the Democrat Party. And I would hate to think that this church is involved in anything that could be considered criminal or even slimy. So I find that the uh, I, I find this the story disturbing. Do you think that this story is going to resonate with people, or is this just another one of those going to be viewed as another October surprise and just let it go? Not much here, nothing to see here, folks.
2: Well, the interesting thing is that the polls have frozen. Neither the mud uh, thrown at Herschel Walker on this anonymous woman's uh, accusation that he paid for, I think, two abortions, actually, or wanted her to get to. And the other way, the mud's being slung both ways. And it doesn't I think people tune out a lot of the October uh, mud and the, the race hasn't changed at all. So I do not think, and I, I agree with you. I hope it's not true, but as you say, anything the Democrat Party touches, and this particular pastor is a Democrat with a capital D, it 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 tends to corrupt.
3: You know, the sad part about it is I listen to, <clears throat> you, you know, I watch Senate speeches I'm, for some strange reason, and I saw a speech by Governor Warnock. I mean, by by by. Um, by Senator Warnock, and I was impressed by some of the things that he said. I mean, he was still being a rabid partisan, but unlike many other Democrats, he talked positively of the American dream and, and how we should all be working toward a common America that was prosperous, where everyone could share in the American dream, and that he hoped even though the particular measure that he was, I think this was around the time of the infrastructure bill or one of the Biden bills, even though it was not looked like it didn't have much of a chance, that he still hoped that the Senate could come together and do something good for the American people. And it wasn't just the usual empty rhetoric. I mean I see those speeches all the time. He spoke from a very different angle than most Democrats ever ever spoke from. That's not to say I I, I buy any of it think he's not a liberal. Yeah, of course he's a liberal and of course he's a Democrat. Liberal he's a, that's it. And and but at the same time there was something very different about his his embrace, his positive embrace of the American experience that I don't hear elsewhere in the Democrat Party, and that struck me. And I said, "Hmm, this guy's not your average Democrat. He's not the typical thing we get there." So, yeah. forgive me if I don't want him to be caught up. I mean, I just I don't know. I, I... Well,
2: he's Exceptionally Well-spoken. He's gifted. That's why he's in that pulpit. And so this, in fact, is a, you know, a, a political debate that's going to be interesting just on that level, because Herschel Walker admits that he is not a gifted orator. So you're going to have one who's used to being, you know, holding forth and holding the spotlight and holding attention. And then you have Herschel who who is not comfortable necessarily in that role he's a sports guy so i think that the you know the debate is going to be interesting for that reason alone to see there's you know not only wonderful rhetoric is something to sell voters on is also you know what your policies are both things are important so that Well let me is, be totally honest i don't even
3: and let me just be honest and 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 I mean totally honest. At this point, I don't care who the better candidate is in terms of performance. I care about whose hands the United States Senate is in. And if the and we cannot afford another term with Joe Biden in the White House with the Senate being held in the Democrat party hands. To me it comes down to that. In this particular well, race, I don't saying. care who the better candidate is.
2: Well, I'm saying as a, as far as being able to sway voters, this is why this is this Particular debate is so important because there are is a percentage that haven't made their minds up yet, and that will go it will fall one way or the other. So to me, it's worth watching to see if Walker can communicate how the vote is going to go. Absolutely important to the Georgia voters.
3: You're going to watch it.
2: Yeah, I'm going to try. I'm going to see if I can find it anywhere.
3: (laughs) Well, we're going to speak to I mean, if Walker
2: does well, I won't be able to find it. You know that will be Well, there's
3: that, too. Well, Princess Di, we look forward to catching up with you in the morning, and thank you again. Please tell people where they can find your article, The Democrats' Willie Horton Problem.
2: It is at tipinsights.com or my Twitter feed, at Diana Mee.
3: James Golden, a.k.a. Snurly coming back. More to go. Your phone calls included at 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Coming right back after this.
1: This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: The Rolling Stones. This was the song that brought the stones to most of our attention. I, no I remember dancing to this song as a little kid at like house parties. It still sounds so good. You kind of love Mick Jagger. And Cliff Richards, whose birthday we're selling to, uh, celebrating today, along with Peace Usher. Make it happen. Make it happen. Kevin Perez, Mixmaster here at WABC Talk Radio 77, brings us back with the Rolling Stones.
1: That's right, I said it.
3: And with Usher. Let's head to the telephone, shall we? And start with Ralph in New Rochelle, New York. Ralph, how are you?
1: Good afternoon, Mr. Golden. First, I'd like to say what happened in Sandy Hook was pure evil. And I feel for those parents, and I'm sure they suffer every day. But if we are to now hold the standard of the lies that Mr. Jones made, and he has to be held accountable for that, why aren't the 50 intel agents that lied about Hunter Laptop not held accountable for getting this administration in power and causing hundreds of deaths a day from fentanyl?
3: Ooh. You, my friend, raise a point. And this is one of the things that I'm raising, uh, tried to raise, too. Why don't we hold accountable the people that lie about, let's say, what happened with them in Supreme in, in Supreme Court nominees? Why don't we hold accountable those that, that tell lies, like pubic hair is on coat cans and all the rest of it? Why don't we hold accountable uh, these last-minute entries that the Democrats can always seem to drag out whenever there's an opponent that they don't like? If we are going to take seriously, uh, slander and defamation, I mean, look at the lies these people told about President Trump, about how he had colluded with Russia. He was a Russian agent. There's a news story today about how the FBI paid off this. There's the trial going on with this Russian, uh, Domenko, uh, on that. This is, uh, this is happening today. And by the way, this, 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 danchenko is his name igor danchenko and he got paid by the fbi he's one of the sources for this phony steel dossier why isn't president trump able to collect defamation defamation money from these people who lied about him and it was purely for political gain so ralph i understand exactly what you say great point let us go to Stephen in suffolk how are you Stephen? Hello, Stephen.
0: You don't enrage me like all the other talk shows <laughs> You're very Really? Well-spoken. Thank you. <laughs> I'm wondering about what you think about the lady in the ambulance on Staten Island.
3: That was horrible.
0: Intentionally? Maybe intentionally?
3: Oh, no, no. See, I don't think that. I mean, it's, but that was just horrible. These are the kind of things, folks, I think when these kind of things happen. You should, we should all just stop once a day and thank our, and and praise God and thank, and no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what causes us stress, no matter all the things, we should just really understand how in one instant your life can be turned upside down. And in some cases, anything that we have vis-a-vis a a feeling of security, uh, throw it out the window because there is no security on this plane on this earth plane. There's no such thing. And if you missed that story, this poor woman gets hit by a car. Ambulance comes, scoops her up, on the way to the hospital in Staten Island. What happens? A jeep T-bones the ambulance. Ambulance flips over. This poor woman, within, within an hour or two hours of what must have been whatever her normal day was, she's gone. But, I mean, for these kind of tragedies to happen, and this could happen to anybody, anytime. This is why we need to be grateful for what we have in life, because at any moment, things could change. That's what I think about it. Uh, Thank you for the call. I really do appreciate it. Let's go to Gracie, Gracie, my Gracie. Gracie, you came back from California. They let you
2: out. No, no. sweetie, I'm still here in California. I have to listen to you. How could I go without listening to you?
3: Thank you. You be safe out there.
2: No, I know, I know, they're just this crazy here, but wait, let me tell you, any Republican or conservative who says they're a Republican or conservative and does not vote for Herschel Walker, Dr. Oz, or the one in, um, uh, uh Arizona, Michigan. Oh,
3: you're talking. Uh, yes.
2: All, all of them. Carrie,
3: the Carrie Lake. Yes.
2: Because the greater good is to get the Senate. Don't they understand? They're, they're full of baloney.
3: Well, I agree with you. We have to get the Senate. We cannot leave the Senate in Democrat hands, Gracie. Gracie, come home. Come home soon. But
2: I'm still listening to you. why I not listen to you? You are. You are. You know I love you or whatever the hell, my husband does it.
3: Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. Love ya. Bye-bye. We love you, too. Gracie's hanging out in Burbank. Bye! <laughs> um, yes. Vito, Staten Island. How are you, Vito? Hello, Vito. Hey, Vito. Are you not there, Vito? What happened to you, Vito? Uh, Christine. <laughs> Christine in Connecticut. How are you, Christine?
1: Hi, Hi Bo. Um, you know how I hate
2: FDL being in schools and kids getting medicine. Well I found out the other day I had some problems in my regular physical and I was at an oncologist and I'm
1: at the beginning stages of possibly leukemia from too much too much estrogen. This is why kids should never be medicated for this sir.
3: This you're talking about the transgender and you're talking about the medication that's given them hormonally to help change their sex. And you're saying, as a result of this medication, you have gone through this. As a result yeah. of the medications, you now have to be very wary about contracting cancer. And in so fact, at you're the
2: beginning. Yeah. You're I'm at the beginning. You know, I'm at the, I'm an outlier, but I don't want a high school kid by the time they're 20 not to be able to go out for their 21st birthday because they're going to be in a hospital for radiation or some other
1: illness because christine
3: you know you have out you know you have our prayers with you and we're hoping and praying that you're going to be okay through this we love you christine and thank you for alerting people to very real what happens with this sex chain surgery we're going to hear from you again we'll talk about it more christine james gogan that's it for the day folks this hour goes by so fast may god bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Catch at night up next. Keep it here on WABC. See you later. This is
1: the Rush Hour with those nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.